Welcome to the Lifehouse Church Podcast. More information about Lifehouse and our senior pastors, Richard and Helen Kabakian, can be found at lifehouse.com.au. We hope you enjoy the following message. In a series called Focus, and, um, and the reason that we've called it Focus is because 20, it's the year 2020, and, and usually when we hear those, uh, the, those numbers put together, 2020, it often refers to your vision, having 2020 vision. And, um, and so what we thought we would do as a team is let's focus on the things that we think will bring most impact into your life in 2020. If we focus on these things, it's gonna bring a huge uh, 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 amount of fruitfulness into your world. And so we've been speaking about some things that I believe really, really matter. We talked about focusing on your freedom um, last week. And this week, I wanna speak to you about focusing on friendships. Let's focus on friendships this year. So would you bow your head and let's pray very quickly. Father, I thank You for every person in this place. Lord, You know their name, You know their dreams and their desires. Lord God, right now, I pray that You would speak clearly to every person in this place. Lord, build them up in their most holy faith. And everyone said in Jesus' Name, Amen. 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 If you were to ask any of our team, what would be the greatest desire for you as a church, for me as a church? If you were to say to me, Pastor Richard, what, what do you want for me? What would you, what, what is it? Do you want me to have a deep relationship with God? 100%, absolutely. But you know what we've discovered? We've discovered that we could be preaching the best messages off this platform that will help you to build a great relationship with God. We believe that we have phenomenal worship. And if you agree with me, please say amen. And, 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 and we think if you just get into God's presence, He's gonna speak to you, great things are gonna happen. But you know what we've also noticed? That with everything that we have as a church, and by the way, this is a worldwide thing. We can have the best coffee, the best auditoriums, the best facilities, great preaching. But if as you are turning up to church, you don't know who you're going to sit with week in and week out. In other words, if you don't have friendships, we've discovered that all of that falls away and people even fall away from their walk with God because they simply don't have some faith-filled and faithful friends. So our deepest desire for you is that you would say, maybe you have a lot, or maybe you've only got a few, but we want you to have sincere friendships today. And once again, if you agree with me, give the Lord a huge round of applause because we're gonna, we're gonna unpack this today. 80% of issues that we will face this year will be solved and can be solved with the help of a loving and faithful friend. 80% of it. There are gonna be some health issues that only a doctor can prescribe and can diagnose but it's gonna be the friends that get you through that trial. You may go through a financial crisis that maybe you need to work a little bit harder or do a whole lot of things and meet with a financial advisor, but it'll be a friend that gets you there and to ensure that you don't fall apart. I think most of us would know that in this past decade, probably the most significant innovation of this past decade is the arrival and the, the platform of social media. And not just one platform, multiple platforms of social media in order to help us connect. Why have they prospered so much? Why have they now turned into a multi-billion dollar industry? Because people want to connect and people have worked that out. We want to be social. We want to know what each other 
are doing. I love social media. I love the connection that it enables me to have with you to see where you're going on holidays, to see if you've broken your arm or you need some help. I love what it can bring, but I also believe that it definitely has cheapened the term friend. It's, I would say, has devalued the term friend. There is a good chance, come on, you and I know this, there's a good chance you can have over 3,000 followers or friends on Facebook, but not have one person to go to the movies with. Come on, we all know that to be true. And we know that you can have a thousand people liking your Instagram, but no one actually likes you. Did you like that? Did you like it? You can, you, can, you, can do, you can prosper on social media, but actually still not have someone that you completely trust with your deepest, most intimate secrets. And I think that's where it's gone wrong. And we need to get back to friendships. Why? Because we were created for friendships. Friendships are not like, would you like power windows with your new car? It's not an optional extra. You were created for it. We see in Genesis chapter two, verse 18, It says, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. That's the first time we see in Genesis that God says something is not good. And He doesn't say that sin is not good. He actually says solitude is not good. This is way before sin. Now you've got to remember, God was in the garden. There was no sin. God gave Adam and Eve everything they needed, yet God had no problem saying to Adam, it is not good for you to be alone. What's he saying? You know, we we often talk about having a God-shaped vacuum in our hearts. There's no doubt about it. You can try and fill your heart up with a whole lot of things that the world offers, but if you don't fill it up with that God-shaped vacuum, you will always be searching. We know that to be true. And therefore we, see, we sing songs like, all I need is you, Lord, all I need is you. And it's beautiful and it's true. Yet God would scream out from heaven, well, that's not completely true because you have a God-shaped vacuum, but you've also got a people-shaped vacuum. Yeah. And you can fill up the God-shaped vacuum, no doubt about it, but if you don't fill up the people-shaped vacuum, you'll still be searching and you'll still be lonely yeah. because God Himself said, it is not good that man should be alone. And so this year, why don't we make it our aim? Yes, let's press into God and let's fill up that God-shaped vacuum, but let's also fill up the people vacuum this year and let's get to the end of the year completely full of God and completely full of friendships. That's gonna be my goal this year. Now, I've got some great friendships and I'm gonna speak about some of those friendships, but I know that for some of you, what I'm speaking about right now is a very painful subject because you've been betrayed because maybe you have tried and you haven't experienced this. Well, I've got a couple of just great pieces of advice from the Word of God as to how we can build these types of friendships. Does anybody wanna go on a a journey? I wanna be highly practical with you, is that okay? Okay, I don't don't wanna talk philosophically. I wanna help you today so that on Monday, you can start to build the friendships that God actually has for you. I was gonna number them, but you know what? I don't know how many I'm gonna get through, so I'm just gonna start with the first. The, this is my next point. <laughs> I would say this is right up the top of the tree, actually. Number one, if you want to, if you want to reap something, you've gotta sow something. And if you want to reap some friendships, then the Bible would tell us very clearly, sow friendliness. If you want friends, sow some friendliness. 
Proverbs 18.24 says, A man who has friends must himself be friendly. If you've got many friends, show me someone who has many friends. I'll show you someone who is constantly sowing friendliness. They don't stand in a corner of a foyer waiting for people to come to them. They go to others. That's called sowing. Some of you needed to hear that today because you're wondering, when am I gonna get some friendships? But you want friends, but you're not being friendly. And you need to open up. But I'm really shy, Pastor Richard. Listen, we understand that. But everyone is a little bit shy and people sometimes get the wrong idea that you don't want to build friendships. But when they see that you are being friendly, people will take it from there. So today we need to decide if you want some friends, you've got to be friendly. Poke the person beside you and tell them, you want some friends? Be friendly. Be friendly. Let's have some... Let's have some purpose about what we are doing. Let me, let me put it to you this way. You've gotta be deliberate if you're gonna build friendships. Friendships don't accidentally happen. Oh, no, that's not true. I went to the gym one day and we accidentally bumped heads and then we became friends. Okay, I, I understand that. But for most of us, we need to be deliberate. In other words, it needs to start inside your heart. What do I mean by that? If you don't make room, you can't have friends. And for some of us, you feel like, well, I've got my five friends. There's no more room for anyone. Do you know what? Maybe God has got, maybe that sixth friend is gonna be the one that really helps you to prosper. And we need to open up our hearts. You've got more capacity than you know. Let's be deliberate in building some friendships. And this is a great time to give a shameless plug. When I look around the room, we recently had a group of people at our home just recently, Helen and I, and these guys are all building friendships and I realised something. These people are building deep friendships because they are in what we call a life group. Now, let me just, let me be really blunt about this. When I look around the room, and I know m- most of you, many of you, 90% of the deep friendships that people have in this church were built in a life group setting. So when I see two friends that are really hanging out, I say, how did you guys meet? Life group. How did you guys meet? Life group. Guys, girls, young people, older people, it doesn't matter. People are making friends within a life group setting. Why? Because when you just cram a whole lot of people around a couch and you start talking and there's some good coffee there, friendships are gonna be built. So rather than sitting at home and watching friends, go to a life group and start making some friends. And, and, and come on, let's find ourselves in the right space to build these things. If you're not deliberate, you won't build it. We need to be deliberate about building friendships. Um, you, know, you know, a very simple way to build some friendships in our church. I've been pastoring this church for 17 years, so I've learned a couple of things. You know, the people who turn up early and leave late always seem to have friendships in our church. Because when you come when everyone comes and you leave when everyone leaves, then it's gonna be very difficult to meet you. But the people that come just a little bit earlier, there's not so many people around. We get to know your name, we get to know what you're doing and you feel valued, you feel loved, you feel like you belong. So let me just encourage you, I'm being a real papa today, right? I want you to have friendships, but if you just come and go and you treat us like the NAB or the ANZ and you just come in and you sort of, you know, do your thing and then you leave, that's not, has anyone made a friend at the bank lately? No, probably not, right? Probably not. Well, that's because you you sort of, you just get in there and sort of like something that you've got to do. No, no, church is not like that. Church, we come into this place, we want to get to know each other. I want to know your name. We're going to spend some time together. And that's what we're going to do. Do you know, the greatest example of someone in a friendship setting is Jesus. He was the master friendship maker and setting the guidelines for what friendship should be. 
And when I think about Jesus, I, I, I love what he I love what he brought to friendships because it sets me free and it also empowers me and it also challenges me. Let me give you just a couple of things that Jesus did that I think we could really take a, a leaf out of his book. Are you ready for this? We've got to get face to face. I know social media sits there and we think we're communicating, but the Bible doesn't say God so loved the world that he sent us an email. Yeah, God so loved the world, unbelievable Insta story. Hey guys, really love you this much. And if I was down there, I'd even die for you. God bless you. Make sure, make sure you like my page. No, no, the Bible says that Jesus got off his throne, clothed himself in flesh, born of a baby, raised until he became a man, and then he got face to face with people. If you're thinking you're gonna build deep and meaningful relationships via email or pen paling, listen, there may be extremes of friendships that you may have like that, but your average friendship that is gonna bring the most blessing into your life is gonna be you sitting on this side of a coffee table and someone sitting on the other side of a coffee table looking at each other's expressions. And you will find that when you're in that space, you will go deeper and deeper and deeper. When God thinks friendships, He thinks face to face. The Bible tells us in, in Exodus 33, verse 11, it says, the Lord would speak to Moses, how? Face to face, as one speaks to a friend. If that's what God is doing, what makes us think that we can do anything else, God is building friendships with Moses by getting face to face. Let's get face to face with people. Oh, but I make phone calls. Yeah, that's voice to voice. It's good, it's not great. That's not how God is building. You know, God did try that. He spoke from mountaintops. It didn't work. He did send an email called the prophets writing down the Scripture. He, he, he did do that. It didn't work. It was when He came down to earth and got face to face with prostitutes and said, listen, I know, you've, I know you're thinking that I don't like you and you're thinking that I wanna judge you, but I tell you, woman, I do not condemn you. He built a friendship right there, face to face. Come on, we need to get face to face with people so that we can go, deep into the things that we need to do. Can I go deeper with you right now? Are you, are you ready? All of us are like, yeah, got that one, no problem. Probably too much, probably should get back to work. But the next one goes a whole lot deeper. If you're gonna build real friendships and we're gonna do it Jesus' way, you've gotta remove the mask. Yeah, you've gotta remove the mask. You've gotta remove who you think I want you to be. You've really... If, if, if you're not willing to do that, what ends up happening is I end up building a friendship with an imposter. And once you start going down that road, it's very difficult to come back. And then you find yourself having multiple masks because you think, well, the relationship started there, so it has to keep continuing down that road. Let me encourage you, you don't need to do that. We need to do what Jesus did. Matthew 26, verse 38, here's Jesus speaking to His disciples. Remember, He's the Saviour of the world. Remember, He is God and He is sinless. Remember, He has all of heaven's power. And this is what He says to His disciples. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. When was the last time you told someone that your soul is crushed? Or are we gonna build friendships? Hey, how are you going, Jim? Oh, praise the Lord, it's all fantastic. Thank you very much. <laughs> Meanwhile, your relationship is falling apart. You're losing your job. You're not able to pray. You're, 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 you're honestly having some serious 
doubts about your faith? Well, listen, who told you that you're gonna put the mask? Who, who told you that I love you more with the mask? I, I, actually, I do know who told you that. He's called the enemy and he says, if people see who you really are, they won't love you. That's a lie from the enemy. Last I heard that when you remove the mask and you show me that you're vulnerable, there is an attraction. I think, wow, do you trust me that much that you would be that honest with me? Boom, it's like, let's go deep then. Wow, do you trust me that much that you would remove the mask? Does anyone even know what you've just told me? You don't even have to ask that question because you know, no one knows what you've just told me. Deep, we've just gone deep. I started a life group with some men over in the Altona sort of area. And, um, and you know, we, many of them didn't even know each other. I just thought, I'll gather a whole lot of guys together, get them into a life group. Why do you think I'm trying to do that? Help them to build friendships. So I started with just a little bit of a talk from the Word of God about struggles and how Jesus knows our struggle, but He wants to enter into the struggle. He's not looking for us to be perfect. He wants us to go down a road where we're walking with Him. So I said, guys, can we just open up? Um, you know, what struggles do we have going? And, and let's see how God can speak to that struggle. Well, you know, these guys didn't know each other. I'm expecting them to say, well, you know, I really struggle when I can't get a car park at Coles. You know, that, that would have been appropriate, I suppose. You know, I really struggle when, you know, maybe I don't get a promotion at work. I mean, yeah, that would be appropriate. No, that's not where it started. One guy, one guy said, well, I'm gonna be honest, actually, you know, I've, I've, and he began to, I won't even repeat what he said, but he went deep. Like, and everyone looked around the room and went, are we going there? And that one man set the tone, because everyone went, oh, and no one's walked out of the room. No one laughed at him. No, nobody went, oh. Everyone went, oh, we hear you, bro, we hear you. No, we hear you, right. And all of a sudden, that guy opens up and then this guy opens up and then this, and we went deep. We were under the water with goggles and snor we were snorkeling. We were like, we were, we were seeing things we've never seen before. And it was deep. Hey, if you're gonna be in life group, take it deep. Not just, oh, how's it? Oh, the weather, you know, it's a bit hot. Really? We're not at Coles here. We're at Life Group. Come on, let's talk about the real things of life. Let's talk about the real issues of life. Let's help each other move forward. Let, seriously, let me, let me encourage you. If you're not in a life group, get it. this isn't actually a life group message. I'm just trying to help you to build friendships. That's why I keep talking about it. Don't fear rejection. Let me tell you what that does. When you have a fear of rejection, because you don't let us in, we never really feel like we are your friend. And the very thing you're fearing will happen, not because you opened up, but because you didn't open up. So we don't open up because I don't wanna be rejected. No, you'll be rejected because you didn't open up. And then because people do reject you and they go, I just don't feel like there's anything here. Then you go, see, I'm so glad I didn't open up. Because see what just happened? No, it happened because you didn't open up. So can I encourage you? I know that there may be some people who may reject you, but that's okay in comparison to the people that will say, thank you so much, and you will build a lifelong friendship on what you just shared, I think it's worthwhile to just open up your heart and allow people to see who you really are because we love you, God loves you, and in a church like this, we're not horrified by anything, but we just wanna see you helped out and move forward. Don't make secrecy your highest goal, amen. I often sit with a lot of guys and they're, and they're trying to hide some stuff that's going on in their marriage. And I, told, and I say to them, who told you that keeping it a secret makes it better? Since when does keeping a secret make anything better? All it does is it just keeps it 
a secret, which means nobody knows, which means nobody can help. When, when did secrecy become the highest goal in your life or in my life? No, we've got to move away from that. Amen? Are you with me? Can I, can I give you the next one? Find friends that will help you to grow. Now, when I say help you to grow, actually, I'm going to reword that. That will allow you to grow. I think God's trying to grow us, but sometimes we can be surrounded by people who won't allow us to grow. Jesus went into His hometown, having raised people from the dead. He raised people from the dead, miracles, signs and wonders. And then the Bible says that He went into His hometown and people there started to say, isn't that Jesus? Aren't His sisters here? Aren't His brothers here? Look, what, is, who does He think He is? And the Bible says that Jesus could do, not wouldn't do, could do no miracles there because there was no honour. And so Jesus simply moved on. What happened there? What happened? They didn't allow Jesus to grow into who He always was. And we need to be careful that we're not surrounded by people that are so familiar with us that while you're trying to stretch and grow and become someone different, how many of you want to be someone different in 2020? Just to show our hands quickly. Anybody want to be someone a little bit different? Okay, we don't want to be the same person by the end of the year. You would hope that you're growing in your anointing, in your understanding, in your authority, in your speaking skills. Come on, we want to grow. But sometimes we're surrounded by people that as we begin to grow, they're like, who do you think you are? Oh, all holy now. Um, I'm just trying to grow, to be honest. And you've got to be careful. Ask yourself a question. Are the friendships that you have, do they allow you to grow? Do they allow you to become who you are? Because Jesus was the Son of God, but they missed the opportunity. God was trying to do something. And this is where I just want to take a moment. I was recently at a church in Brisbane and the pastors there asked Helen and I a sincere question. They said, can we ask you a question? We've been pastoring our church up there for 10 years um, and we're a little bit lonely. Do you guys have friends in your church? And Helen and I just looked at each other and we said, absolutely we do. Absolutely. And that, some of you guys would know, that's the truth. We have friends in our church. Oh, how can that be? How can you be the senior pastor and have friends? Surely your friends don't allow you to be who God's called you. And this is where I want to honour my friends. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. I go on holidays with my friends. But listen, I don't stand around the pool saying, now guys, if you can just all open up to Ephesians chapter 3. <laughs> like, they allow me to just go on holidays and I'm just an average guy who just wants to get suntanned. But something, but listen, I've got to honour my friends. And there's many of them in this room. There's so many of them, I can't even start pointing them out. But I tell you, the minute we get onto this place, they don't say, who are you to preach? We saw what you did in Bali. Now, having said that, please <laughs> calm down. There's, right? There's not crazy things going on in Bali. But we have fun. But they never seem to say to me, well, who are you? They allow me to be who God's called me to be. They allow Helen, Helen. Now listen, listen, I've grown up with these people. I've known, there's some families in this church. I've known the husband. I don't know when I didn't know him, put it that way. I can't remember a time I didn't know this guy. And some of the things that we did as non-Christians, is like, oh Lord, Lord, Lord. I hope there's a God up there who can forgive. And they know all the inside stories, yet, yet they have no problem calling me Pastor Richard. How do they do that? How, yeah, give them a huge round of applause. That's amazing to me. But let me tell you, I, I, I do take a little bit of credit that people who can't allow me to be who I am and also be my friend, then they can't be my friend. That's, it's as simple as that. If you, can't, if you can't do both worlds, 
then that's okay, but I can't live in that world because I've got an enemy who already tells me that I'm not good enough. I don't need a friend who tells me that I'm not good enough. And so you need to find, some of you have built friendships based on people that have known you only from your past and maybe from a failing that you've had. And now you're trying to be this great woman, man of God, and they just wanna allow you to go there. I would say that friendship needs to be minimised. Find the people around you that say, I know all your fears, I know all your faults, but I still honour you as a man or a woman of God. You are powerful. I think you're amazing. Come on, let's give the Lord a huge shout in this place. That's what we're looking for. Jesus just simply moved on. Come on, you've got to find people who are going to embrace your God purpose as much as you embrace their God purpose. Can I just, give, can I just speak to the parents just for a moment, okay? Obviously, we raise these little human beings, right? We're literally putting nappies on them and we're protecting them. But you know, you've got to be careful that you don't leave them in nappy zone because eventually they, they're 22-year-olds that are in a relationship and you can't just go, come over here, let me change your nappy, right? Sometimes they want to start talking to you about adult things and sometimes, listen, sometimes they, they even may want to teach you a couple of things, how do you go with your children teaching you things? Well, that's never going to happen. I'm the dad. And, you know, okay, so there's no honour there. Do you know what that tells me? You can never be a friend with your child. Do you want to be friends with your child? Learn to honour them. Ask them questions. Be, be sincere and say, you know what, you're learning. I've got no idea about. Rather than feeling like you've got to know it all as a parent. If, you, if, you, if you're a know-it-all all the time, the child will always feel like a child and you'll never break through as they get older into friendship zone. I think we should be friends with our children at the appropriate time, not when they're five. Stop trying to be friends with your child when they're five. Smack them once in a while. Did I just say that? <laughs> no, no, seriously, discipline them when they're five. Be their commander when they're five, but as they get older, start to transition and the way the transition happens is when you start to honour them. Honour their decisions. It may not even be the best one. Honour it. They're, a, they're an adult now. And as you begin to do that, they actually want to be your friend. Okay, I notice all the parents are looking straight. No one's looking left or right. Okay, because everyone's hoping that someone's heard that, including the kids. Are you with me? Find, find people that will honour the gift of God on your life that won't hold you back. This is the other thing that Jesus did and I'm gonna really just park here for a moment and I need to park here and please open up your heart. Jesus loved sinners. The Bible calls him the friend of sinners. Is that right? Jesus loved sinners, but he spent the majority of his time with his disciples. He loved sinners, associated with them, ministered to them, but where he hung out was with his disciples. You've got to be careful. Some of our friendship groups, I know you think you're ministering to them. No, you're not. You're just hanging out with them. You're actually, they've, they've become your company. Now, Corinthians tells us, do not be misled, it says. It says, bad company corrupts good character. That's what the Bible says. Now, we ought to always be loving people who don't know God. Always be ministering to them, forgiving them, having them in our world. But that's not the place where you relax. That's not the place that you rest because the Bible says that if you hang up, you associate with those people, it won't be long before they corrupt your character. And it's the absolute truth because you've got no intention of impacting them. You're just appreciating them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You've got to be careful. Jesus loved the sinner, but He was always ministering to them. It doesn't tell us, it doesn't tell us He was doing what they did. Instead, Proverbs 13, 20 says, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools, 
you're going to get in trouble. Now, this is a message about building friendships, amen? But let me just give you a scripture about the type of friendships you should not be building. Proverbs 22, verses 24 to 25, it says, do not make friends. Everyone repeat after me. Do not make friends. But Pastor Richard telling us to make friends, yes. But do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered. And then I think it continues to verse 25, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. Are you hearing what the Bible is saying? Okay, so all you very mature adults, you can just just park your mind for a moment, think about nice things in Bali for a moment. If you're under the age of 21, let me just talk to you for a moment. I know you think you're amazing. I know you think you're powerful and nothing's gonna shake you. Nothing's gonna break you and you've got your own mindset. But if you're able to do that, you have single-handedly undone the Word of God. The Word of God is saying to you, you hang out with people that are going down the wrong road. If you're just hanging out with them, you will end up doing what they do. No, I won't. Ah, yes, you will. Yes, you will. Because you don't have a purpose. You don't have a plan. But the enemy does. And the enemy, if he's going to use a strategy to get you away from God, it won't just be because of the air and because of the weather. It will be because of the friendships that you hold on to and that you carry. And every parent is really glad that I just said that. And let's give Jesus another huge round of applause. I love, I love the Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego story. I love that story about three guys that decided that they were not going to bow down. The funny thing is though, is that, so here comes this idol and they don't wanna bow down to it. They don't wanna bow down. And then the king says, what you, is, is it true that you won't bow down? And then he says, I'm gonna throw you into the fire. And verse 16, watch, watch, watch verse 16. It says, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego replied. They replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. Now, I've highlighted the we. Do you imagine all three of them said that at the same time? Or do you think it was just one person saying it? I imagine it was one person saying it on their behalf. So here's one guy saying, we, we're not gonna bow down to this. But you know what? I don't know who said that. Maybe it was Shadrach, but maybe Abednego, he was like, he was like standing behind Shadrach and he would have been thinking, Calm down with the we, Shadrach. I'm not sure about this, to be honest. But like Shadrach would have been like, we, hey boys, we, we're not. Shadrach would have been going, is it that bad, really? Just bow down a little bit. But because he was mixed up with that crowd, they all went ahead and did what they were going to do. But I don't, I don't believe for a moment that all their faith levels were the same. I don't know who was leading the charge. But what I do know is when you're associating with the right crowd, hey, listen, they all ended up in the fire, but they all ended up released and they all ended up meeting Jesus and they all had an impact on their nation just because they were associating with the right people. Amen. Now, listen, we as a church, we represent these people. And when you decide to make Lifehouse your home with your friendships and your inner life group, the enemy may come for you. He may come for your marriage. He may come for your finances. He may come for your career. He may come for your health. But when you are associated with a church that represents Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego together, you know what? We're all gonna go through the flames with you, but we're all gonna meet Jesus together. We're all gonna get set free and we're all gonna come out the other end of 2020 saying it was good to be in God's house. Come on, let's give Him a roar of praise in this place.
I believe this. I believe this. And Jesus understands friendships and He wants us to succeed. I want you to succeed, friends. I want you to have an incredible year. And God is gonna bring most of His blessings that will come to you will come through people. Most of them. I mean, peace, peace can come straight from the Holy Spirit, but a word of encouragement usually comes through a great friend. Being advised not to go down a dark road, being advised as a husband to maybe not go to that place because you're married, my friend. You know, I know we would love to think the Holy Spirit is always telling us that, but it's usually through the voice of a great friend. Ladies, make sure your husband's got a great friend. Friends would be even nicer. Husbands, make sure your wife's got some great friends. And if you feel like they don't have that, Thank God, I preached a few weeks ago about having a ring of authority. You've got the authority to say, God, enough's enough. We need some great friends. But you need to be deliberate and we need to go down that road. Do you receive it? Do you receive it in Jesus' Name? Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord another shout in this place. You know, some of the... um, what we call the old school Christians who changed our world. They, they used to sing a song. And we're not gonna sing it today. Maybe we can, I don't know. I, don't, I doubt it. But they used to sing a song called, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. Does anyone remember that song? What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege it says to carry everything to God in prayer. Why can you do that? Because He's your friend. He's your friend. If you want to be a friend or you want friends, we need, we need to get the first friendship right. Let's find friendship in Jesus today. Because got, I've got no doubt from the front to the back, most people would say that they're very respectful of Jesus, really respectful and I get that, so we should be. But He doesn't wanna stop there. He wants to have a friendship with you. He actually wants to be your friend. And in order to be a friend, you've got to to make the ultimate friend so that He can teach us how to do it. Amen. So maybe you're in this place, you're thinking, I need some new friendships. I I need, great. Can we get the first friendship right? Let's get the first friendship right. How's your friendship with Jesus going? Is it it meaningful? Have the masks been removed? Do you feel like He's forgiven you so that you can move forward? These are all the things that He does for us first so that we can do it for others. Hi, I'm Richard Kabakian, pastor of Lifehouse Church. Just wanted to say thank you for listening to this message and I hope and pray that you feel that it's added value to your life. My greatest desire is to see people develop a personal relationship with Jesus, which can begin by praying a very simple prayer. I'm going to pray that prayer right now. And if you'd like to begin that relationship, you can just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I choose you as my only hope of being forgiven. Please come into my life and let me begin a relationship with you that will last for all eternity. If you've prayed that prayer, we would love to know about it and celebrate your fantastic decision. You can do that by sending an email to mydecision at lifehouse.com.au.
We look forward to hearing from you.